The Brendan O'Connor Show on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Discover a team that's always here to support you at All Care, taking care of communities across Ireland. Good morning, how are you? You're very welcome to the show and indeed, welcome to the first day of the rest of our lives. Uh, I know it's not over, but uh, let's face it now, uh, you and I have had some very grim Saturday mornings in here over the course of the last couple of years. So let's take the take the win while it's there. Um, and the papers are all obviously uh, covering the reopening of the country extensively, the Irish Examiner. It's time to be ourselves again. To which I would ask the question, who is ourselves? Do we even know anymore? Who are we? I, I, I'm not sure I know. Uh, they, they have a, then a comment piece by Podrick Hoare on the front page. Are we ready for brighter days and nights? And I think the answer to that, Podrick Hoare, is some of us are, and it might take some of us a little bit longer, probably. Uh, the Irish Independent, a new beginning. Uh, the Irish Times is leading with emergency over. Uh, today is a good day, says the Taoiseach. They were outdoing themselves for quotable quotes last night. Catherine Martin uh, was quoting Victor Hugo. Uh, Leo Varadkar uh, invoked the big, it may, may not be the end, but it's the beginning of the end. But funnily enough, I think the, that simple thing, today is a good day, struck a lot of people, didn't it? Like that you could just say that unequivocally uh, for once. The Daily Mail is calling it Super Saturday. Uh, the Herald, time to smile and sing again. Uh, the Sun, spring it on. Boozers backs, most curbs lifted. T-shirt, it's a good day for all. And then the Star and the Mirror are actually leading with that bizarre and awful story down in Carlo. Uh, uh, the star's headline, dead body taken to claim pension corpse was propped up in, in post office. But look, let's go back to the um, reopening of the country. And we found it hard to rouse too many young people this morning. Surprise, surprise. But we found we found a few because, look, I think it's a, it's a good day for all of us. But um, it, it is, I think it's a particularly important day for them. They've missed out on, on so much. Um, Sinead Quinlan, comedian and writer, good morning. Good morning. How are things? Good. Uh, you're in good form, I can see. So is dry January gone out the window, Sinead? Oh, it's gone. It's uh, torrential rain January, you know, for the rest <laughs> of it. Yeah, treats and onion, be out and everything. <laughs> okay. And listen, do, do, do you feel like, have you, have you missed out on a lot in the last couple of years? Oh, Totally. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Like, just like you're you're in your twenties. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're supposed to be going out, going partying, going mad. Like, and it's just oh, we're actually just inside the gap. Yeah, that's it. Really, really strange. So yeah, I can't wait to just get back out. I know what you were saying. It's kind of have we all changed? But I don't know. I suppose we'll find out. Ah, uh, yeah, we change back fast as well. Hopefully, were you out last yeah. night? Yeah, I'm um, sure it was normal closing last night. But um, all the bar staff, I was asking them, I was like, how are you fixing like for tomorrow? And they were like, geez, like the phone's ringing off the hook, like it's going to be crazy. So they don't know what to expect, I don't think anyone does. But it was just a nice sense of like hope for yeah. the first time in a long time. But uh, yeah, I don't know, but wearing heels now and stuff again, like I'm going to have to do a few calf raises or something. I don't know how my legs will manage. So, but, um, so what's the plan for tonight? You're getting all glammed up and you, you, you're going to try and get back into the heels, are you? Oh, yeah, all glammed up. We're going full 90, like, it has to be done. has to be done. And we're going to do something we haven't done in ages. We're just going to see where the night takes us. Which is spontaneity. Like, it's going to be amazing, yeah. No bookings. We're just going to see where the night takes us. Absolutely. Um, do you have a starting well, point, though? You do? 
Um, or probably free drinks because of the cost, Brendan. <laughs> okay, so the pranks are still going on. You see, the thing yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> I bet you you're all gone as mean as hell about going out as well because you've been drinking for half nothing for the last two years. I know, so true. I so true. But uh, actually, last night, some of the girls are on the date naps, you know? And yeah. the date naps were going in 90. Like, it was so funny. But uh, the funniest thing was people were messaging that, like, they would have matched with before, like, ages ago. And uh, one of the one of the messages was this fella. He messaged one of the girls last year, going, "How are things? Are you well?" And um, he messaged back again yesterday, going, "Are you still well?" <laughs> <laughs> so he's picking up where he left off with his, yeah. his scintillating banter. And but pe- were people meeting on the dating apps in the last two years? Where I, I used to see couples out chatting awkwardly on park benches and stuff that looked as if they were on kind of first dates. Yeah, there was a lot of that walks and coffee dates and stuff. I mean, people were doing what they could, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Sinead, stay with us. And um, if you look on the front page of the Irish Independent today, you see a picture of three very happy-looking young women out on the town last night. And uh, in the middle of them is Shun Lennon, who works at the Irish Independent. Shun, good morning. Good morning, Brendan. Good morning, Sinead. Morning, how are things? So Shun, Good now, can't complain. Great, you chat away there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shun, you, you moved up to Dublin two years ago uh, and you must have been thinking, uh, you must have been planning a very different life at that stage, were you? Yeah, I kind of had more sex in the city lifestyle, but I ended up getting a Bridget Jones one instead. Um, I was in the apartment most nights, so I'm very glad that we're finally out of this. <laughs> Yeah, so so did you go out much in the last two years or what's the social life been like? I did and I didn't. Like, I did within restrictions, you know, 8pm closing times, 12am closing times, the 9 euro meal um, restrictions, but it didn't feel the same as, you know, 2, 3am. Like, I, I've really missed that and I didn't think I would. I thought I was getting too old for it, but now I just think... People in their 30s will be reclaiming their youth. People in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah, I think everyone can lop off two years anyway, for starters, can't they? And, oh, definitely, definitely. And Shun, you were out last night in town, were you? In Dublin? I was indeed. I was on Harcourt Street last night. Um, surprisingly quiet, but I don't think it'll be that way tonight. Yeah, so t- tonight's going to be a big night. I think so, yeah. Yeah, from the looks of trying to book anything, definitely. And what's your plan tonight? I'm actually going out back home in Leash tonight. So I'm going to a comedy gig and I'm meeting up with some of my friends from school there. And like Sinead said, we'll just see what your night takes us. Excellent. Yeah. Isn't it great to be, it's great to be able to say that again, isn't it? So you, you were saying it's hard to get bookings in places, is it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, as soon as Michal Martin said the word at 6pm, we were on the app, open table, trying to get anywhere we could. And... Phone lines were engaged. People were saying, no, we're all booked up. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like. Probably a free-for-all. Okay, so I think maybe anyone over 30, maybe stay in tonight, give it a few nights before you venture back out there. And listen, what Sinead was saying there about the dating apps, you're single. Did the dating scene kind of go on hiatus for the last two years? Yeah, I mean, like as you were saying, there was the coffee dates and the park bench dates, but... 
I don't know if this is slandering Irish men, but I think it's very out of their comfort zone to chat to a woman over a cup of coffee rather than a pint. Really, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, in some aspects, anyways, and you know that we've a liquid courage, and um, so yeah, I think the dating cha- scene definitely changed over the last two years, anyways. So, so how do how was this cup of coffee thing working? You'd meet a guy, you'd arrange to meet him in in broad daylight in a park or something, and have a cup of coffee, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not hit, hidden by strobe lights or anything. Um, yeah, it'd be yeah. in a. In so a more, more park, often yeah. than not, went nowhere did it tune? Yeah, um, I suppose as well. And then restrictions are kind of at their height. And I mean, it's before vaccines, you'd be worried about bringing COVID home to your yeah, family. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so look, a whole a whole new world back out there to be rediscovered. Sinead and Shun, thanks a million. Thanks, Brendan. Okay, thanks well, for having Bye, now. bye. Have a great Cheers. night. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Uh, okay, let, let's talk to somebody slightly more uh, sober. Now, Dr. Kleena Nikiali, good morning. Good morning. I'm not sure I'm sober after listening to those two. <laughs> Their enthusiasm is so good. Uh, isn't it great? Oh, it's fabulous. And I do think that age group, you know, the restrictions have been hardest on them. So it's brilliant to, to hear that they're getting to get back on with their lives. It's just wonderful. Yeah. What's your gut feeling about what's happened now? So I think there's still a lot of Omicron out there. So I think it's probably up to everybody to kind of risk assess and, and decide how they want to, to go. So I won't be heading out on the town yet um, until my youngest gets his second vaccine and until the levels in the community drop a bit. But I think for, you know, young people like Shun and Sinead, getting out there is really important. Um, and, and, and that's fantastic. I think, I hope we use this time wisely uh, to get ready for the next wave, if and when it comes, or probably when it comes. Um, and I was just listening to them and like, you know, it sounds so brilliant having the life of a 20-something-year-old again. Um, but, you know, outdoor spaces for socialising and pints, because clearly the Irish male may need a little bit of alcohol um, to uh, get to know the, the females of the species. Um, and, you know, parks, like, you know, lots of fun outdoor spaces that, that will suit young people. So you think we should still be indoors. defaulting to outdoors when we can, yeah? I think so, yeah. And have it ready for if and when we need it. You know, like loads of your other European cities have fabulous outdoor spaces anyway yeah. that are lovely to enjoy even pre-COVID. Um, so I think all of that stuff and the ventilation and the I can't not mention the global vaccine thing. We really, Absolutely. really, really don't want to go through this again. So let's use this time wisely and get our house in order. And it does seem like there's a bit more going on there now, isn't there? Yeah, uh, it does. There's yeah. loads of, of good stuff happening. So that's fantastic to yeah. see. So listen, were you surprised that it was done in the one big bang like that? Well, I think, you know, there was so much pent up energy waiting for people to go. And I think that the reasons that we had the restrictions in place, you know, where we were worried about people getting very sick and the hospitals being overwhelmed, we can now say that that's not going to happen with this wave. So I think it made sense to to drop them quickly. So long as, you know, I think I'd be very pro-mask, as you know, Brendan. Um, So I think, you know, that doesn't impede people socialising. I'd be, you know, I think it's a pity about the kids in the schools, though, isn't it? A pity about for the da, wearing da, masks. The kids or? in the school still having to wear masks. Yeah, I don't I think don't it's think, great for them. I, I don't know. Do your kids find it hard? I think they'd be better off without them. Certainly, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, like better off, but you know, like they're still. I mean, mine are still having great crack playing. I don't know. They're playing Minecraft, imaginary games outside in the park. They're having great crack with the masks on. So. 
I, that's not as big a concern for me. You know, I think, I suppose I'm a researcher as well, and I've seen a lot of data about COVID causing long-term changes in blood clotting, long-term changes in the brain. And, yeah. you know, kids are very precious to me. So it, weighing up those risks, I'd be happy for, the, for them to wear masks a little okay. bit longer until I know exactly what I'm putting them at risk at without. Okay. And look, the million dollar question, I know you can't answer this, is, <laughs> is what happens next, right? But I suppose what, what I'm trying to get my head around is that Kleena has... has Omicron cannibalized all other COVID and Delta now. So when Omicron, if it does, goes down now, are we back to little or no COVID until another wave of another variant comes? Or, or, or what happens? Like, Or does it bump it along until like another that. variant comes? It looks like that. So it looks like Omicron kind of took up the... I suppose it's like an invasive plant or something. It's taken up all the growing space. It's killed off, you know, hasn't left space for the other strains. So I think until uh, the next wave comes, which hopefully it won't, um, but it may or, it, you know, it will if we don't vaccinate the world, um, we're probably in a better space. It's what it looks like. OK, so all which in all, great. all in all, you're optimistic about this and, and you think we're doing the right I'm thing. I'm optimistic if we use this time wisely. OK, OK. And look, it certainly sounds and have like... Fun. And part of using that time wisely is for young people to get out there and, you know, do the socialising, meet the partners, have all the fun uh, while it's safe to do so. Yeah, absolutely. OK, Cleena Nikali, consultant great. at St. James's Hospital and Associate Professor of Clinical Medicine at Trinity College. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm joined now by Professor Ian Robertson of Trinity College Dublin and Ian is the author of How Confidence Works and I think we're all going to need uh, a little bit of confidence over the next while. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Brendan. Ian, can I ask you a question first? It strikes me that possibly because it ended so suddenly in a way that a lot of people are a bit emotionally all over the place and it's as if suddenly the last two years and all the things that happened have come up fresh for people or maybe it's that, you know, now that we're kind of slightly out of it, we're suddenly looking at it and going, oh my God, what happened there? Is, 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 that, is that something that's happening, that it's, everything's been crystallised suddenly for people? I think that's right. I mean, we're creatures of habit, and we've developed a whole set of new habits over the last, you know, 22 months. And um, it's always a bit disorienting when things suddenly change and we have to adapt afresh. So if we remember back to, you know, these Patrick's Day um, 2020, you know, that disorientation of suddenly everything closed, the streets empty, that kind of, that feeling of weirdness and disorientation and, you know, the silent streets and people walking down, it's so hard. It somehow feels a bit like a dream. Yeah. And now, now suddenly <laughs> a switch has been pulled and, and we're kind of blinking into the daylight saying, you know, OK, what do I do now? And, and that, 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 that won't last too long. It will last, that period of transition will last longer for some people than for others. Yeah, that that headline on the Irish Examiner, uh, t- trying to be who we are again, I, I do kind of slightly feel like that I almost have to rediscover who I am again or, like, rewrite the story or something that, in a way, like, part of me has become this cautious old man or something. I I think you're right, Brendan. I do think whenever we get taken out of uh, the tram rails of habit, there's always an opportunity there to to bring a, a degree of reflection and consideration and 
and reprioritization in some cases to what where we were going before this so for not for for, for many people this has been a, a, you know not a pleasant experience to say the least for those who have lost loved ones etc but for others it, suddenly they've, they've been thinking hold on a minute do I really want to be commuting into work five mm. days a week, you know, uh, when I, I can actually work more efficiently, at least home part of the time? But also, there's, there's been, a, in, internationally, there's been a big change in people's working. People have left jobs in huge numbers. They've changed their jobs. So, yes, I, I do think, um, I remember someone saying at the beginning of the pandemic, if you if you don't learn something new during lockdown, then you've wasted your lockdown. And and so it's that opportunity to, to do something, to use the, the frontal lobes of our brain to kind of reassess who we are and what we're doing. So I, I completely agree with you there. Okay, the, yeah, there's a texture here that says, that's exactly how I'm feeling today, trying to assess what has gone on the last two years. Like, who am I now? I need a coming out roadmap. So let, let's maybe try and give people a, a kind of a coming out roadmap or some baby steps anyway, Ian. So, yeah. like, look, what what we've seen is uh, we, we, we heard the, the two women there, uh, Sinead uh, and... Um, Sinead and Shuin and trying to get back out there and not kind of overthinking it too much or anything I think but yeah. obviously we've also we're hearing a lot of people are, are a little bit nervous and, and yeah. you, you say it's natural that we would find it hard to change our approach to COVID and everything that there's two fighting mindsets here essentially that's right so I mean all humans and, and, and indeed many species of animals are caught between two very primitive impulses one is to it's called the approach system where you, you're going forward anticipating reward like these two girls <laughs> anticipating having a great time uh, out t- tonight and good on them the other system is the, the, the avoidance system, the risk perception system, where we are considering threat and we're pulling back. And, you know, people who, are, who suffer a lot of anxiety um, end up doing much less stuff, much less of everything, because this, the, the dominance of this um, avoidance, um, if you like, brain system. And these two systems in the brain compete with each other and, and try and inhibit each other, which is a healthy thing to do because, you know, survival depends. We need a balance of anticipating rewards and being alive to, to risks. And and most for most of us, thank goodness, most of the time there's a slight bias towards the positive one and the brain keeps that kind of, that kind of uh, symmetry going. However, it's very, once one of these systems becomes total, more dominant, it increasingly inhibits the other. And so in the case of having, you know, if we've been surrounded by figures and death rates and hospitalizations and fear, particularly early on before vaccinations, our, our threat, the avoidance system, our threat system, particularly in people who are more vulnerable, older people, for instance, people with different medical conditions, they, um, uh, they, they, they were dominated by this threat uh, brain system, which meant... Know, which, which was meant rational to, yeah. at, at the time, wasn't it, Ian? It was totally rational. My goodness. I mean, um, look what happened to um, cultures 
that um, downplayed the threat system. Look at the death rates in the USA. Look at the death rates in Brazil. I mean, just horrifying. I mean, Ireland has done so well. Our death, and, and inclu indeed across the water in the UK, I mean, their death rates were much higher because, of, because the, the, the governments did not sufficiently prime this threat avoidance system that we still need to keep alive because the threat, as we're hearing from Dr. McKelly, has not gone away. Um, yeah, so 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 it, it's it's totally understandable. And the thing about this threat system is it, it biases our attention and our memory, so that to reinforce it. So when we're in this kind of state of anxiety or, or, or thinking about risk, we're much more likely to 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 hear that person sneeze, to 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 to, to light on that um, newspaper report that says that you know that affects your brain, and so w we feed the, the the anxiety system with okay, more information. Okay, so we actually seek out. We seek out the evidence for for the for for danger and and exactly. the negative side, yeah. And that what that does is it, it it swells up and and strengthens this avoidance system, and that squishes down squishes down the approach system, the system that would say, ah, oh, come on, let's go out for a walk or let's go out and meet someone, and 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 it, it, it exaggerates our perception of threat. So what we have to do is recalibrate. One of the things we have to do is recalibrate our thinking which has become quite automatic. We've just become very, you know, habits of, of thinking happen as well. And so we're, we're kind of primed to, to assume there's great threat out there. We have to recalibrate that because yeah. of the So the we need to build up the muscle on the other side, the, the uh, approach mindset, is that what exactly. you call it? Exactly. Yeah. And the way you do that, um, you, you have to, to do that carefully and, 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 and gently as well, because, um, you know, the first time you go into the cafe maybe to have a cup of coffee now maybe it's a well ventilated cafe you haven't been in a cafe for two years you think i'd love to go in and have a cup of coffee smell the coffee smell the baking wouldn't that be lovely and then you think oh no and there might be covid in there so the first time you do that first of all you have to recalibrate your thoughts and say okay what are the chances you know where i live and look at the people in the cafe mainly older people they're all boosted the chances are quite low of me getting covid going in there for 20 minutes or half an hour for a cup of coffee. But yet, so that, that, you have to consciously re replace the old thoughts about, oh my God, there'll be COVID okay. in there. You so have you, to replace so it Ian, new thought. Ian, you yeah. have to actually kind of force that a little bit, yeah, that you're basically your instinctive reaction now is to see the danger everywhere. But you actually have to consciously go, hang on a minute, and do, and do, do a, a, that assessment and, and push it a bit with yourself. Precisely, Brendan. And you have to live with the discomfort of the anxiety. Okay. That will, will happen the first few times you do that, and not and not 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 be terrorised by the anxiety. You have to detach yourself a little bit, accept that the anxiety is normal, okay. and just do it. And once you do it a few times, the anxiety will go down. Okay, so 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 push yourself into action a little bit, even if it doesn't maybe feel right. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's action, it's thoughts, and it's um, you know, separating yourself a little bit from your anxiety and just accepting that this is a natural thing and not being frightened of the fear. Okay, and listen, are we talking um, baby steps here, a, a, a gradual easing yes. of the restrictions in our head, if you will? Yeah, the last thing you want to do is to 
to, to go in somewhere, to get seized with anxiety and then rush out um, without um, staying. And then that, 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 that kind of reinforces the, your, your fear. So you want to stretch yourself a little bit, you know, set little goals for yourself that are not too hard and not too easy. Just, and, and, and all the time be, be rational about your risk and realise, you know, outdoors is fine, probably well-ventilated places is fine. I mean, last night I went... You know, I, I'm meeting a friend for a drink. He he didn't want to go into the crowded our local pub, so we sat outside, pretty cold, had a nice pint. But when I went in to buy another pint, it was mobbed, no one wearing masks, and I felt anxious getting up to the bar. Yeah. I was only in there for about five minutes. And I probably won't go into places like that for quite a while yet, as, as Clean and Kelly was saying. Yeah, you see, the thing is, we, um, we're so used to now, like, propaganda and ads telling us what to do and what not to do, and it all being spelled out for us, that we, we do have to get back to making our own decisions here and our own and different people will have a different tolerance for for risk and stuff won't they and that's that's such a great point brendan because uh, you know before the before the march 2020 we 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 didn't think about what we're doing we just we could allow our habits and our routines drive us along yeah after march 2020 suddenly the government was telling us what to do and what not to do and there's there's a bit of a comfort in that for some people there's a bit of a comfort. You don't have to yeah. think, oh, I'm not allowed to go to work. I'm not allowed to go. And, and some people found that very comforting. Suddenly now we're in a, a third phase. We cannot rely on our old habits because the world has changed. But nor other, quite rightly, the government have taken away most of the rules or all of the rules. So we now have to become much more conscious pilots of our own fate, assessing risk. And that's, that's quite um, it's hard work. <laughs> it's going to take us a while to do this, but we have to do it to keep ourselves safe. Yeah, and we have to maybe get a little bit uncomfortable as well. Like, as you say, exactly. It, 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 exactly. The, the situation had become quite comfortable in a way. Ian, yeah. we're, we're getting a lot of texts, though, from people who are listening at home who are still afraid because they have uh, maybe underlying illnesses or, you know, immunosuppressed conditions or whatever. And yes. there is still a lot of Omicron around. Yes. And um, <clears throat> I think what I would say to, to them is uh, there's an awful lot of things you can do that are not significantly risky. So if you think about it, before uh, this happened, you would have got your flu injection. Flu is a can be a very nasty illness that really you know kills a lot of people. Yet you accepted a certain risk of getting flu. You had your vaccination, but no vaccinations are one hundred percent effective. But you tolerated that risk enough to give yourself enough positive experiences in life, enough look at something to look forward to. So it's critical for these people who are texting. Brendan, I would say to you, you have to lift your mood by creating small goals for yourself okay. that are within the bounds of your risk, but just tolerate a bit of anxiety, stretch yourself a little bit, do it out of doors, do it in well-ventilated places, do it in other people's houses that you trust and you know are boosted, uh, etc. But do do stretch yourself a little. And once you take that kind of action you'll find that that will lift your mood and make you feel less fearful without increasing your risk significantly. Okay, so get that little feedback loop, that virtuous um, circle going. Okay, Ian Robertson uh, of Trinity College, Dublin, author of How Confidence Works. Thank you very much. Uh, Sarah Birmingham tweets to say, so great to hear Sinead Quinlan say, 
We're just going to see where the night takes us. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1.